we want to go to the word of the Lord this morning. I want to direct your attention to the book of St. John. Amen. The book of the gospel of St. John, chapter number four. Amen. The book, the gospel of St. John, chapter number four. Amen. While you're turning there, amen. We're honored to have with, with us, amen. Sister, Sister Lucille Martindale. Amen. This is uh, Sister Shannon's grandmother and then Sister Shannon's mom, which is my mother-in-law. Amen. Sister Brenda Erickson. And we're glad that she's with, there with us here today. Amen. They're ready to brave the hot temperatures of the valley. Amen. So we have a lot of respect for them. Amen. San Jose is pretty appealing with the temperatures this time of year. Amen. 70, 80 degrees. I don't know. 108. My Lord. Brave. We're thankful. We love our family very much. Thankful, amen, for the influences in our lives. Uh, amen. I, I am truly blessed uh, to have married such a wonderful young lady as my wife, Sister Shannon. And I know that behind Sister Shannon's uh, upbringing is a, is a grandma and a mama, amen, that instilled in her love for the things of God. Amen. And uh, how to approach the things of God with all great gravity and sincerity. Amen. And I watch, amen, as uh, I don't do this much, but I do watch as uh, my wife, amen, works for the Lord tirelessly many times. Amen. Just goes after the things of God. And uh, I'm blessed. And this church is blessed. Amen. The Gospel of St. John, chapter number 4. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground, that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey. Sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her. Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than, thy, than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And just a few more passages of Scripture. 
Amen. Thank you for standing with me. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to, to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what, ye know what we, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship. God's spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the hand of God that is upon this service today, God. I am asking you right now, Lord, that you would anoint my lips of clay. Help me to speak, Lord, as the very mouthpiece of God right now, Lord. And anoint our ears and our hearts and our minds to become receptive to your word, God. That we would embrace the word of the Lord into our lives. And we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Amen. I want to preach for a, a few moments on this uh, beautiful Sunday morning on this thought, living waters for the thirsty, living waters for the thirsty, living waters for the thirsty. Amen. I also do want to say, amen, it's a pleasure to have with us Jennifer. Amen. She's with us this morning with her two uh, beautiful kids. Amen. She's a friend of ours. We've known for a long time. We want to welcome you, Jennifer. To the house of the Lord, the Bunt Life Center. And we want everyone here to feel at home in the house of the Lord. Amen. Uh, living waters for the thirsty. Uh, St. John, the Gospel of St. John, chapter 3, tells the story and sets the scenario for this particular passage of Scripture, talking about the, the work that Jesus was trying to do in a particular city and how he had come up against opposition from the religious rulers of that day, specifically the group called the Pharisees. Amen. The Pharisees began to resist the work of God that he was trying to do in their midst. And they began to uh, try to argue and try to debate what he was doing and who he was and, and debate his authority that he had in, in the world. And Jesus began to realize uh, that this group of people did not want the gospel. They did not uh, they did not. They were not ready to embrace the gospel message. They were not ready for a change in their life. They were not thirsty. They were not hungry. They were not ready for for God to do a work in their life. And and at this particular juncture in this story, Amen. We switch over to Saint John chapter four, and it says, "When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, Amen. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. He began to." Uh, depart for somebody else and set his sight on somebody else that he knew would be hungry and thirsty and ready for a change in their life. And it's at that particular past, that particular juncture in the story 
that Jesus in his all, in his omniscience, amen, knew that at a particular moment on a, on a following day, amen, at a well, Jacob's well in the city of Samaria, uh, there would be a particular woman that would come out to draw water. And Jesus, in his all-knowing, uh, his all-knowing mind, amen, positioned himself. The Bible says that Jesus was going from Judea to Galilee. And there was a common pathway that would take a traveler from Judea to Galilee. And it was this particular route. And we know from studying, amen, the geography that uh, Samaria was not on that pathway, not on that well-traveled pathway. It was out of the way, amen. It was not a convenient path for Jesus and his disciples to take as they traveled from Judea to Galilee, amen. But Jesus knew that there would be a particular woman, amen, at a certain time of day that would go out to draw water. And Jesus knew that I must go, I must needs go through Samaria. Amen. Verse number four, he must needs go through Samaria. Amen. God knows exactly where you and I are on this Sunday morning. I want to tell you today, amen. God knows exactly where you are on this Sunday morning. Amen. You may think you're in an out-of-way place. You may think God doesn't travel this direction anymore. Amen. You may think and you may try to rationalize within your mind. God, amen, doesn't travel my way. Amen. God looks past me. He wants to visit. He wants to talk to more important people on his pathway to Galilee. And we could try, amen, to uh, negate the importance that you and I hold. And we could try to, amen, just play it down. Amen. I'm nobody. Amen. I just went, rather God talk to somebody else. Then God talked to just me, hum, humble old me. But I want to tell somebody on this place, do not discount the value that you hold on this Sunday morning. Amen. Hallelujah. You hold, amen, great significance in the eyes of God on Sunday morning. And there's nobody in this place, amen, that can say, God, just go a different direction. Amen. He must needs go through the path that you're on today. It is in the perfect will of God that he visits, stop by the place where you and I are sitting, with the place where you and I are at today. It's his perfect will that he stop onto the scene of your life and he visit with you and talk with you. Because if we're to be honest with ourselves in our heart of hearts, there is in it is high that says, God, I simply... I just simply want you in my life. God, I just really, I just want more of God. I really, God, I've got to have something from you today. God, I've, I've been in contact. I've faced the counterfeit. God, I've been to a thousand other events and services and, and different programs, God, but none of them have touched me the way that I know you can touch me, God. God, I want you to busy with me today. And God began, the Bible says, amen, in verse number five, he cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well. Perhaps you look at, you consider the God of heaven. Think, yeah. I hear what you're saying, preacher. But God doesn't know what I've been through. He hasn't experienced the things I've experienced. 
He doesn't know what I'm dealing with. Preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know, you don't know the things that are happening in my life. Jesus, the Bible says, was weary with his journey. He was, amen, his, in his flesh, he was still weak and weary from the journey. Amen. He, he's encountered things in his life. Amen. Jesus was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin, the Bible says. And weary with his journey, he sat thus on the well. He put, but in spite of his weariness, he placed himself in, it, in a particular point. He placed himself on the path that he knew this Samaritan woman would go. Because he knows the path that I take, the Bible says. He knows the path that I take. He knows my steps. He knows the direction that I'm going in. He knows the path that I'm on. He knows your address. He knows your social security number. He knows your favorite color. He knows all about you today. And it's his will. It's his will. That you have an encounter with God at a well spring of living water. Amen. It's His will today. Amen. That's right. And God has determined within Himself. Hallelujah. I'm going to place myself right where you cannot avoid me. Yeah. I'm going to place myself right in front of you. You cannot avoid me. You cannot go around me. Amen. You've got to come face to face with the God of heaven. And there is a point in every man's life where he has to come face to face with the God. Amen. And God will speak into your life. And this morning might just be that day when God says, I want to talk to you, friend. Amen. You've been doing a lot of things in your life. But it's time that you and I have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's time that you stop what you're doing and you come to you come to face with the reality of your life. And I will expose you today to something that is more powerful than you've ever experienced in your life before. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God will place himself right smack in front of you where you have to deal. You have to talk to him. For my father many years ago, amen, it was... It was a life of doing his own thing, amen, coming and going, amen, just doing his thing, amen. But there came a point in his life, amen, where he had a gun to his head twice, amen. And they, were, they, they pulled the trigger at the ground to show him that that gun that they had in their hands was loaded, amen. He had a gun to his head twice, and then right immediately thereafter, amen, his girlfriend, which is now my mama, got saved, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost, and God began to come right smack down in front of my dad and begin to talk to him. It's now or never, son. Amen. This is a point in your life. I'm sitting at the well today. You've got to deal with some issues today. And God showed up in my daddy's life. And there was a change that took place. And God wants to show up in somebody's life on this Sunday morning with 108 degrees outside. And God wants to show you, I know exactly where you are. And I want you to know one thing. I'm the only one that can fix the problems in your life. I'm the only one that can turn that situation and flip it around. I'm the only one that can do it. I'm the only one that can do it. This woman tried filling that void in her life by a lot of things, or should we say by a lot of men. Mm -hmm. 
this woman's struggle was a struggle to feel loved. And she went from man to man to man to man to man. And she left those five and she found her another man. Trying to feel that void. Trying to feel that love. They, don't, they can't love me the way I need to be loved. They can't satisfy my longing soul. There's something yet inside of me. That all of the things, all of the appetites for the world, all of the entertainment, all of the, all of the sporting events, all of the uh, television shows, all of the movies, all of, all of the things that I try to fill my time with, all of the drugs, all of, all of the uh, promiscuity, all, all of the alcohol, all of the things, all of the quick fixes, nothing can satisfy this longing soul. And that is because, amen, there is a part of you, amen, there is a void in your life that only God, His Spirit can feel. And it's still the same as it was 2,000 years ago at Jacob's well in Samaria as it is on this Sunday morning in abundant life, similar relationship. God wants to fill you with His Spirit. God wants to fill the Lord in your soul. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He knows exactly where you are. The Bible tells us, amen, that, amen, about Jacob's well in Samaria, or out on the outskirts of Samaria. And it talks about how at the sixth hour of the day, the Jewish calendar starts at six o'clock in the morning. And therefore, the sixth hour of the day is high noon. It's 12 o'clock, the hottest time of day. The most inconvenient time. And it's known from studying the scriptures that uh, the women would often go out to, the, to draw water from the well. Perhaps at uh, an early morning hour or late in the evening when it was cooler. And, and they, they wouldn't have to face uh, the extreme temperatures of the Middle East. They would have to uh, face the extreme temperatures of what it was like there. And so this particular woman, amen, knew that if she was to go out in the early morning hours... Uh, sure, it would be cooler. Or if she'd gone in the evening, sure, it would be cooler. But she'd have to face, amen, people in her life that knew her background. She'd have to deal with people, amen, that knew, hey, I know what you did. I know what you did yesterday. I know, I know the kind of life you lived. And they would begin to throw the mud in her face. And they would begin to tell her, I remember what you did way back when. You had to change. You're still the same. You're still the same old dirt bag. You're still the same old this, the same old that. And they'd begin to cast stones. And so she thought... And she reasoned within herself that I will go out to the to draw, to draw water from the well at a time when nobody else is there. I won't have to face my accusers. I won't, I won't have to face anyone. And she tried living her life, hiding, not facing the reality, hiding from her accusers, hiding from things in her life, not dealing with things, not saying, okay, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to deal with it right now. No, her just continue to push you off for another day. I'm, I don't want to talk about that right now. I don't want to deal with these things that I, I'm dealing with in my life. I don't want to talk about them. I, I just rather sweep on the rug. Amen. But like I mentioned before, there must be a, more, a moment in your life when you must come face to face with the facts that I need God. Yes. I cannot make it without Him. Right. I've got to have the touch of God on my life. 
I've got to have his, his spirit moving in my life. Amen. G- Jesus begins this encounter with the woman at the well saying, give me to drink. How many times we come before the Lord and God asks something of us? Not because he needs it, but more because you need it. More because you need to give something. And he does not ask things from you that you do not already have at your disposal. He's not asking something of this woman. Amen. And she's going to look back at him and say, well, I can't give that. I don't have that to give. She's got water. All he's asking for is what's in her hand. And all he's asking for some, from somebody here today is what is in your hand. What do you have at your disposal today? What is it that is in your hand today that you can render to the Lord? There is something in every one of us that we can give back to God. And whether it be our worship, whether it be some water in a bucket, amen, whether it be, amen, money in your pocket, amen, or talents that you have, amen, there's something that God wants, requires of us. But He does require interaction and engagement. God is not the type of an individual that he likes just talking one way to somebody and they always ignore him. They always just push him aside. He wants interaction. I give. You give. I take. You take. We have interaction. We have, uh, there is a relationship that is building. And the Bible says, amen, that this woman begins to uh, get an attitude with Jesus. She begins to smart off to him. I don't know how many of us would be so brave today to smart off to the king of kings. But she says, how is it that you being a Jew. Ask his drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. She right away shifts into a racist conversation. We don't have fellowship with your kind. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We don't talk. And Jesus, as he does, he shifts to eliminate the barriers and the lines between race and nationality and cultures and says, hey, this gospel is still for whosoever will. I'm not looking at you. I'm not looking at your dress. I'm not looking at the color of your skin. I'm not looking at, at your lifestyle. I'm just saying, if you want something from me, if you're hungry today, amen, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter the finances you have to your name. What matters is are you thirsty? Are you hungry for me? Is there yet something in your soul that says I need a change in my life? I need something from God. I need something from God. And God does not wince before her thrust nor awkwardly apologize or even try to seek to explain But gravely and earnestly with dignity, he uses the perplexing and thought-provoking words. If you only knew the gift of God. And I want to tell somebody this Sunday morning, if you only knew what God could do for your life. Amen. If you only knew what God wanted to do for your life. Amen. Sometimes you think uh, it's it's just uh, it's just me coming to church uh, and me simply feeling good about myself. Uh, hey, look at me! I went to church on Sunday. I'm okay. I want to tell you, if you only knew, if you only knew the plans that God had for your life, if you only knew the intentions that God had for your life, if you only knew. 
you think, I, I just want to get rid of my problems. I just want to, I just want my children back. I just want my family to be back together again. I just need a job. I just need something. And God, and God is saying, you're talking about superficial stuff. That stuff's a piece of cake for me. But what I really want to talk to you about, woman at the well, is your soul's salvation. Amen. I can try to promise you another husband. I can try to promise you another temporary pleasure. But what I really want to talk to you today about is the status of your soul. Is your soul alright with God? Have you made peace with God today? Have you talked with Him about the real issues? Sometimes and too many times we go to God and say, God, I, I need you to, I need you, God, to help me find another boyfriend. Help me to find another girlfriend. God, I need you to help me get another raise at my job. I need you, God, to help me get another uh, new Toyota Camry, a new uh, Mercedes Benz. I need you to help me to get a new pair of Jordans. God, I really need this new pair of, uh, this new Armani jacket. I need this. And, and God's saying, you're focusing the wrong stuff here. Let's not talk about husbands. Let's not talk about Armani jackets. Let's not talk about cars. Let's not talk about money. Let's talk about your soul right now. And I want to bring it, amen, to a point right now. Amen. God still wants to deal with the issues of your soul. Amen. You've got to have a come to Jesus moment where you say, God, I'm yielding everything to you. I'm surrendering all to the Lord. I'm giving it all to you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. There's another story in the Word of God we could talk about by the name of Jacob and how Jacob wrestled with the angel to the breaking of the day. And one, one noted minister talked about it was rather the angel that wrestled with Jacob. Wrestling to get a hold of his will to fully surrender his heart to God. God I let go of my will. I let go of my selfish ambitions. I let go of the way I think things ought to be done. God, I give it to you. And at that particular moment in Jacob's life, when he just simply, amen, God simply got a hold of his will. He experienced an identity shift, a name change. No more will you be called Jacob, a deceiver, a heel grabber, but you'll be called Israel. For as a prince, God has power of God. And this particular woman of Samaria, as she smarts off and she begins to say, uh, how is it that you're a Jew and you're talking to me a Samaritan? You don't talk to me. We don't talk. We, we, we're not on that level. You don't know me. You're not my type. You're not my kind. Amen. And she was uh, allowing trivial matters to keep her from the gift of God. This woman was allowing the smallest things in life to keep her. From experiencing the fullness of God's promises for her life. And many times we come to church and God's saying, I, I want to fill you again with the Holy Ghost. I, I want to do a work in your life. And we're saying, well, God, I got these little things. And see, God, this is a big thing to me. And God's saying, that's trivial. Right. You're letting some small things prevent you and keep you from experiencing the fullness of my promises in your life. 
and she unconsciously uh, was determining her own future and binding herself with chains that she could never break because she lived in this mindset, this mold. Amen. I, I'm just an adulteress. I'm just a, I'm just a Samaritan. I'm just a sinner. Amen. There's no hope for my life. There's no chance for me. And she allowed her situation that she was in to dictate to her her future and the life that she would live by the small apparent trifles in her life. I don't know, maybe this woman perhaps looked at Jesus like she looked at every other man. And she perhaps as one man after another came by and began to whisper into her ear all the things that he would uh, do for her and how he would take care of her. And perhaps, amen, this particular woman began to hear Jesus make similar promises that every other man began to promise to her. Well, I'll take care of you and I'll do this and I'll do that. And baby girl, it's going to be okay. I'm different from all the other guys. Let me tell you something, sweetie. I'm not like all those other jerks out there. I'm different. Let me tell you something, baby cakes. Amen. I'm different. You don't have to worry about that with me. Amen. Maybe she looked at Jesus the same way. I know I've heard this line before. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard people talk like that before. Again, here he goes again, making big promises, offering to give me the world, but never coming through. Never satisfying that longing to be loved. Hallelujah. There's a God in heaven on this Sunday morning that wants to make promises in your life today. And he will fulfill his promises to your life. Yes. Amen. Amen. God will come through for you like no other man, like no other woman will ever come through for you. There's a God in heaven that, amen, he, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Amen. His word is identified with his nature. He is the word. Amen. He changes not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. When God makes you a promise today on a Sunday morning, you can take it to the bank. It's going to happen. Amen. amen. God will not, amen, his words will not return unto him void, but they will accomplish what they, he sent them out to do. Yes. Hallelujah. But before, amen, the water, amen, the water could be given to this thirsty soul, this woman, amen, Jesus had a parched mouth, amen, that day, but this woman, had a soul that was drier than anything else you've ever seen. Amen. This woman had a soul that was dry and cracked and barren and needed some refreshing. But before that water could ever be dispersed to this woman, she had to face the harsh reality of the facts that I'm a sinner and I need God and I can't do it by myself. The problem is that many times we come to an altar and it's thinking, God, if you'll help me, we'll kind of get this done. Uh, I'll get this done by myself. I just need a little boost, God. It's like as a kid, you, you're, you're trying to get up to a tree, say, give me a boost. And they, they hold their hands like that. And you're thinking, God, I just need a little boost right now. I just I need a little, little boost, God, just to get me through this low slump in my life. And we don't realize that God's not looking just to give you a boost. He's looking to help carry you. He's looking to help walk side by side, hand in hand with you. But you've got to realize, I cannot 
do it by myself. I cannot make it on my own. I cannot stop the alcoholic consumption on my own. I cannot stop the, the drugs on my own. I cannot stop the, the promiscuous life on my own. I cannot stop the lying, the cheating on my own. I cannot stop the things I'm doing on my own. I cannot stop the pornography on my own. I need God to help me to come through in my life. I need God. And that is why repentance is so necessary when we come to God. I repent, God, of all of my sins. Forgive me. I want to turn my back on the world. And God begins to talk to this woman. He says, go call your husband. Let's talk about the facts now. And she perhaps begins to shake and quiver and maybe squirm. And, oh, uh, I don't have a husband. Yeah, you ain't got a husband. You've had five but the one you're with now ain't your husband. And God wants her to face her sin. You have to face the sin. And you have to say, God, yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I need God. God, yes, I'm a failure. But God, I repent. And I'm turning to you. There's two different words that we could talk about for a few moments. One word is condemnation. And condemnation is simply uh, the fact that, yeah, you're a sinner. And, you, and condemnation says you're a sinner. You're never going to make it out of sin. Just stay right there. In fact, bury your head in the sand. You're never going to come out of there. You're a loser. You're no good for nothing. Yeah, just stay there. You're an epic failure. Condemnation says don't even talk to God. Just stay right there. Stay depressed, stay sad, stay down and out, stay discouraged. That's depression. That's, that's condemnation. But conviction is, yes, God, I'm a sinner. God, I need you, though. Help me to deal with these problems in my life. And God doesn't condemn her, but God convicts her of her sin. And God caused her to face her sin and in the process repent and say, I'm going to turn away from all of these things and I'm going to follow after you. And God begins to speak into her life. And so we realize as it, as it applies to our life, we've got to come to grips with the fact of who we are, with our identity and realize that with the help of God, I can be different. There can't be change in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Nothing is more disheartening than the restlessness one sees in some people. How they can find nothing in themselves but are ever going from place to place, from entertainment to entertainment, from friend to friend, seeking something to give them rest and finding nothing. This woman was that way, looking. Ah, there's a man. Looks like a nice guy. Maybe he could be my husband. Let's get married. Okay, let's get married tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe it was that simple. Some things in the world get crazy. People do that. They get, this is it. I found the one my heart beats for. Only to find out one week later. Ah, yes. He's just like the others. Oh, yeah, this is just like the last four husbands I've had. He, he acts really nice and sweet. But he's a monster at home. 
And she tried everything she could. Always trying to do things her own way. And Jesus confronts her as she's with pitcher in hand at the well, trying to draw some more temporary satisfaction. And God speaks to her again. I want to tell you today about something. I want to tell you today, woman, about a well that will never run dry. I want to tell you today about living water that springs up into life everlasting. I want to tell you today, young lady, about a God that has all power. A God that has endless resources. A God that can provide all of your needs. I want to tell you today about a God, amen, that can, can satisfy your thirsty, long soul. Parched and dry. Put down your pitcher. Put down your own methods. And grab a hold of God's unchanging hand. Amen. Come on somebody. Amen. Stop trying to do things your own way. And allow God to direct your paths. That living water was not a stagnant pond or well. And if we could stand to our feet. Amen. As the musicians come. That well, that living water was not a stagnant pond or well, but it was one that leapt, that leaped up from a hidden spring. The woman kept referring to the well, but Jesus referred to the spring in the well. Springing up into life everlasting. Jesus, at another point in the scriptures, uttered another word. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And it says, but this speak of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. I want to tell somebody today that God wants to fill you either for the first time or for the second time or for the umpteenth time, however many times. He wants to fill you with the Spirit. He wants to connect you to a well of living water. It would be easy to push this, ser this ser sermon or this message off to a first-time visitor, a first-time guest, somebody that doesn't know the Lord, whatever. But how many of us have gotten to the flow of things, to the routine of, into the routine of life, and have not yet went back to that wellspring of living water? Perhaps it's been a few months. Perhaps it's been a few weeks. Perhaps it's been a few years that you went to that well spring of living water and said, God, fill me up again. Fill my soul again, God, with your spirit. I want a renewing of the Holy Ghost, Lord, in my life. It's easy to push a message off like this on somebody that has no connection to the church or has no connection to the things of God and say, well, that message is for them. They need to come and they need to get the Holy Ghost. I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to somebody today. And I want to say it's time you come back to the well of living water and allow God to fill you up again. God, I want to be renewed in my soul. I want to be renewed in my spirit. I want that well spring of living water. I want it in my soul, oh God. Amen. Why don't we 
uh, why don't we make our way to the front for a few moments as we close in prayer. Amen. Why don't we just step out from where we are and just step to this front. And why don't we just take a few moments as we close this service out to just reach out to the Lord and say, God, fill me up again. Mm -hmm.